Peter Thomas Fornital here with another Ask It special. This is for the races of Thursday. And we've got some ambient noise because we're sitting here in this magnificent facility. But I think it's going to sound okay for you. If uh, it doesn't, I'll edit and we'll do it someplace <laughs> else. I'm here with uh, one of my favorite broadcasters to follow when it comes to horse racing, when it comes to tennis, and a guy I've gotten the pleasure to know here in the Ascot Press Room over the years, Rishi Prasad. Rishi, how are you, my friend? It's lovely to see you. It's nice to see uh, a friendly face, especially when the first couple of days are a little bit tricky. <laughs> Just want someone to smile and say to you, it's going to be okay. <laughs> a little short on the winners the first day, is that what you're suggesting? It wasn't terrible. <laughs> But it's just when you feel strongly about something and you know that you're so wrong <laughs> in the result, you've got the workings wrong as well. That's when you're <laughs> struggling. So I got the working wrong on the first day, um, and that's why I was feeling a little hollow. In fact, a couple of winners. No, no, well, there you go. But it was the working. I, I felt yeah. like I, I, I got things wrong, and that, that, was, that was hurtful. But I'll tell you what. It's, this may be the gambler's fallacy at work, but I'm tempted to say you're due. Yes, let's hope so. <laughs> let's hope so. We'll kick off Thursday with the Norfolk Stakes and uh, very interesting uh, activities going on here. Extremely curious to get your perspective on on who's going to win, who we might want to bet. Well, as a racing fan, I'm very excited by the matchup of Elite Status and American Rascal. First of all, I'm sorry for saying Rascal because Scott Hazleton, <laughs> my, dear, fr- my dear friend, has said to me, what's a rascal? <laughs> so I said, why, what do you call it? He said, rascal. <laughs> I cannot say rascal. So um, he actually, to be fair to Scott, he, he called me up. He said, watch this horse run. It's by Curlin out of Lady Aurelia. So I watched the race when he debuted. Absolutely stunning. What I liked about it was that he showed early pace, conceded the lead, but then he finished off strong, mm-hmm. hit the line hard. That's what I like to see from youngsters when they run uh, early on in their career. And that's what he did. Obviously, the big concern is that the horse that is his biggest danger has also done that a couple of times, and that's elite status. Carl Berker's trainer pointed out last year that last year's two-year-olds were his best two-year-olds by a country mile, and that included some top-class sprinters, horses that have graduated this season to do very well. But he is adamant that this year's crop of two-year-olds is even better than last year's, and it's possible that elite status might be the best of them. Of course, he trained elite status's sire, Havana Gray. Yep. And he finds some similar comparisons. Havana Gray was a top-class two-year-old. This horse has all the credentials. I just feel American Rascal has a little bit more about him in the, the way he looks. That pedigree. I mean, his. Oh. I mean, if there was ever a horse that was bred to excel here, I mean, any horse by Lady Aurelia, you watch her win those races at Ascot, you know, the first time, the second time. She was magnificent. And I'm hoping that he follows in her great footsteps. It's not a race to be adamant about because they're still young. We don't know yes. how they're going to progress. But I would take the chance that he's got more in the tank than elite status. I love it, and I'm with you. And it's interesting. The market seems to be tilting towards elite status at this stage. We'll see how it is on the day. But I'm with you with American Rascal. Do you think the market's tilting because Wesley's had a couple of blowouts on the opening day? Maybe, but it shouldn't. You know, both of those horses had uh, had excuses. So, I, I mean, they're I think... They're also big prices. Yeah, exactly. This is different sauce. And just looking at the time figures recently that they've run, I mean, American Rascal's number would have been in about the mid-90s on the buyer scale. Right. Typically, there are exceptions, but typically the figures back home 
are very good um, uh, indicators of how the horses are going to run here. And of all his this week, American Rascal is the one that's supposed to do well. So we'll, we'll win or lose together to start off Thursday. We'll go down in flames one way or another. <laughs> Come we've, on. We've got a handicap as the as the second race on Thursday. Any strong fancies? Well, I like the two horses I like in the race. One is Bertinelli, who, unusual for an Aidan O'Brien three-year-old, runs in a handicap. Right. This is not his usual MO. But he actually won the London Gold Cup at Newbury on his most recent run. It was pretty impressive. Now, he's not going to be the horse that I will put all my money on. He's, the, he's one of the two that I narrowed it down to. The other horse is Perfuse. Now, this is the horse that I believe that he will end up being the best of these. Um, he is beautifully bred. He's trained by Sir Michael Stout. When he won his, his first ever uh, victory... Um, he beat a horse called Rogue C, who had bolted up in a race at Yarmouth, and he absolutely blitzed Rogue C. Rogue C came out and won on his next start, broke the track record at Ripon. And Perfuse then went to Doncaster, and he just looks a real strong stare, and he also looks like he's maturing. He also has won on different types of ground. He's won on heavy ground, he's won on quicker ground at Doncaster. So I love his versatility. I love the fact that he still looks a little bit green. He's getting better. He's trained by a genius, one of the all-time greats, in Sir Michael Stout, and you just get the impression that he is on the road. I think, personally, you're looking at a horse that might end up in the St. Ledger at the end of the season. That's the sort of horse I believe he might be, but I'm seeing that he's going to be good enough to defy his handicap mark, which is 94. I think it's within his compass at this stage of his career, but I am certain that he's going to get better. I love that case, and I think that's an interesting approach as we continue along Thursday with more group action in the Ribblesdale. Strong opinion here? Not a strong opinion because, see, the horse that's favorite is Al Asifa. Now, if you remember a couple of years ago, a horse called Bayid made a debut late or in the middle of the summer, and then in no time at all, he was a Group 1 winner. Now, Jim Crowley, who rides Al Asifa, compared her to Bayid in terms of the impression early on in her career. She's only had two runs. She's a daughter of Franco. She won really well first time up, but second time, it was like she had transformed into something special. She absolutely bolted up a good one. The one question mark I have about her, she's obviously been supplemented for this race. This wasn't the original plan. So she's obviously caught connections a little bit by surprise. But the one question mark I have against her is going through her pedigree, on that damn side of the pedigree, there's a lot of speed in there. The majority of her best relatives, their distance is around a mile, seven furlongs. She's stepping up in distance in the Ribblesdale. I'm not entirely certain that on pedigree, this is her bag. But what she's done on the race course has been magnificent. So I'm going to leave her, and I might have a little tickle on Blue Stocking. Blue Stocking, really impressive first win. She is bred to stay. And she had her first start of the season at Newbury, and she got beaten by one of her rivals, Warm Heart. But she came there to win the race, but it was her first run since September, and it just looked like where she was positioned in the race, she just ran out of juice first little time. Little short. Out. Little short. And I'm hoping that she just sharpens up a little bit. Uh, so I will be taking on Alasifa with a bit of an each-way punt on Blue Stocking. And, of course, Frank Editori will be in the saddle. It'll be very fun to see him uh, get amongst the, the winners here after the close call yesterday. Well, it would be a very, very, very low bottom lip by Saturday if he doesn't bag one by then. <laughs> we move on to... Uh, we move on to the, the fourth race on the afternoon. My program seems to be uh, letting me down Gold here. Cup. Oh, it's the Gold Cup. The SA Gold Cup, according to Timeform US. <laughs> it's the Gold Cup. It's the race that gives the day its name, for goodness sake. This is an interesting one where, where we have some horses um, potentially going to be able to make a big impact on this division. 
and you know most famous race of the week historically speaking who's going to win it tough one Coltrane who's the favorite I'm a little bit dubious about his price which puts me off he's a very good there don't get me wrong he's probably the most solid option but he beat a couple of horses that I don't think are quite so he ended up being favorite at this sort of price after winning his comeback race but he beat two horses there Wise Eagle who has improved but he's not an out and out group one group two horse just yet the other horse he beat was Trushan now Trushan's trainer Alan King said he didn't think Trushan was the horse that he once was when he was beaten so I have a bit of a question mark right. about the strength of Coltrane's form. So I'm taking a chance with two older warriors. Love it. One who's done it before. Subjectivist who won in 2021. Yeah. Magnificent performance. Uh, he's had his issues. He missed all of last year. But he's had a comeback run. He won a race in Dubai, the Dubai Gold Cup, yep. before he won here in 2021. He went back for that race in Dubai earlier this year. He raced really keenly, yet somehow he still managed to finish third. It suggested to me that the engine is still there. So I would give him a chance. His trainer, Charlie Johnston, is adamant that if he's at his best, nothing in the race can compete with him. So I'll, I'll stick with subjectivist in one. The other will be a horse I'm sure you know very well. And that is Yabir. He is the class act in the race. He's a Breeders' Cup turf winner. He's a multiple group one winner. And he has the potential to stay because it takes him, like you and me, it takes him a little while to get going. <laughs> Mostly in the mornings, in my case. In those Peloton rides, you finish stronger than you start. I, I tend to go one pace. <laughs> I didn't even know that there was a button to go faster or slower. So um, Yabir would be my selection. Uh, along with, I'll be back in those two. One's tens, one's twelves, roughly. You know, they're both each way plays. Um, I think the older horses just have the edge. Now, a lot of people will be talking about Eldar Eldorot, yes. Emily Dickinson. They ran in the St. Ledger last year. Sure, they're going to be, they still have to prove it. Yubir still has to prove he has stamina, but he doesn't have to prove he has the class. And Subjectivist has both the class and stamina. So I'm. Um, I like your approach in there, and I'd love to see you beer. Love all the ties between uh, Breeders' Cup and this meeting here at uh, at Royal Ascot, as I'm sure you do too, given your uh, given some of your other uh, broadcasting um, gigs along the way. We move on. I'll work for anyone. <laughs> I'm the same. We, that's horse racing in a nutshell, isn't it? We all have five jobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have next up. We have a race that's the kind that really um, creates head scratching. For Americans, very hard. You know, for us, we we, we call twelve runners a, a, a full field. How can we uh, how can we get inside here and find an angle to have a bet? It's almost impossible to be confident. You cannot use the word confident. But I'm very hopeful of a big run from a horse called High Bank. Now, slightly concerned about Charlie Appleby's runners so far. And he had a bit of a low spell by his own high standards. His strike rate through May was below par. There was the brief glimmer of some sort of resurgence for a few days. Yeah, like four for eight over the weekend. And I'm like, okay, back. that's done. He's back. And then yesterday made you wonder again a little bit. I was a bit disappointed overall with the strength of his runners. A couple of horses finished quite tamely. So that's the concern. High Bank, though, is a horse that, if you look at his form, his best performance came first time up. His most striking performance came first time up. And the word firm was in the going description on that day. He was brilliant. Um, my brother-in-law rode him on that occasion. Jack Mitchell, he said he felt like a Ferrari. He said he's definitely a high-class horse. Subsequently, he just hadn't delivered. He went out to Dubai and he ran some really good races in defeat. The beauty about this race, which I think will suit High Bank, is exactly the extraordinary circumstances of a race like uh, the Britannia, which is a massive field, 30-odd runners. It's what he needs. He's 
he's going to get a strong pace. He's going to meet traffic. It's going to be held up. He's drawn, I think, on the right side of the course in 31. So I believe all those circumstances will conspire to, how do we put it? Foxing High Bank into turning out his best performance. <laughs> I like that. So I'm hopeful that the, the, the makeup of the race will allow him to produce what he showed first time, which was a dazzling turn of foot. He showed glimpses of it in Dubai. He'll be a big price. He'll be about 20s, maybe even bigger, especially if the Charlie Appleby team have another rough day. Right. So High Bank would be the horse I'd take a chance with. I mentioned one other. Please. Racing Brakes Rider. When I was out in Dubai at the World Cup earlier this year, the guys who owned that horse, they suggested that he was a Royal Ascot horse and the aim was the Britannia. He's won every run this season so far and he's ended up here at Ascot. That's always and good to know. When, guess when, who's riding? When, James when, McDonald, one of the stars. Fantastic. And when the, the plan coming together is always one that I love to see and there's a lot, a lot going on there. All right, we've got one more race, uh, to, two more races to talk about on this Thursday card, including some more uh, group action with the Hampton Court. Um, where are we going to land in here? This is one of the best races of the day. Absolutely fascinating. You've got the horse placed in the Oaks in Carnarfon. You've got Wipera, who ran really well in the Derby. And you've got horses stepping up from Handicap Company. You've got Epictetus, who ran in the French Derby. Yep. You've got Torito, who won at Epsom. Drumroll, who's by Galileo. I mean, it is absolutely fascinating. But I'm taking a horse who got beaten in a handicap last time out called Exoplanet, trained by Roger Varian. He's already had a winner at Royal yep. Ascot um, with world champion for the same owner, Sheikh Mohammed Obeid. And this horse has always been held in very high regard. He got beaten at Newbury on his comeback run on soft ground, and he got tired. Next time in a handicap at Newbury with Bertinelli, who runs in yep. the earlier race on the day, uh, which is a handicap, this horse, Exoplanet, steps up. So he got beaten behind Bertinelli and Voldat. But if you go look at the... the in running performance, Jockey explained that the Colt jumped over a piece of litter two furlongs out, stumbled, and actually lost ground. And he was held up at the back of the field. So in the end, he did pretty well to only be beaten two necks by Bertinelli and Baldac. And I expect him to be even better on this.